Girlfriend, we need to talk. Conversations with Outstanding Women. Welcome back to the show. This is a good day for us. We've got a, a, the president and CEO of Toys R Us and Babies R Us in Canada, Melanie T. Birch, on the phone. How are you, Melanie? I'm doing great. How are you today, Leanna? I'm great. This is so cool to have you on this show. Uh, now, you've been with the Canadian company for 22 years, right? I have, yes. And risen through the ranks from buyer to current role, um, which you've held since September 2016. Correct. Yes. And in fact, I started in our stores, if you can believe it, as a store manager many, many years ago in Kitchener, Ontario. Wow. Okay. That's really cool. Now, she's here to talk to us about Toys R Us, but mostly about uh, her career path. And, and she's an outstanding woman in leadership, as far as I'm concerned. And I know that we can all learn a lot from her. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, the Canada stores opened in 1984. How many of those stores are currently still in existence? We have 82 stores here in Canada in all 10 provinces, uh-huh. uh, two web platforms uh, for both Toys R Us and Babies R Us .ca, and a new concept store that we opened this past November uh, called the Toys R Us Toy Box. Oh, that so We have 83 fun. in total. What's the Toy Box? So the Toy Box is a curated assortment. It's a 10,000 square foot model, and it really allows us to go to smaller Canadian communities. Typically, uh, you would have a population of over 250,000 to drop a 30 to 40,000 square foot store in. So this is a really exciting concept that we're pioneering. Uh, It has a curated assortment, as I said, it's only 10,000 square feet, but all of our team members are armed with digital technology to allow them to sell you anything on our Toys or babiesrest.ca website and send it straight to your home. So it's going to allow us to go into markets where we wouldn't normally um, have had viability in the past. Okay. So really exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. Now, well, you had just become president and CEO of the Canadian Toys R Us um, when, what, it was it two years after you became president that they announced yes. they were closing the U.S. and U.K.? Yes. Yeah. Now that must have been, this speaks to adaptability. <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) Adaptability and flexibility. (laughs) There it is. um, I was absolutely part of that global team, uh, part of the global commercial committee steering the, you know, global merchandising strategy for the world. And unfortunately, um, in retail, as you said, pivoting to your customer is absolutely critical today, especially with so much omnipresence and so much online only presence. Mm. And unfortunately, in both the US and the UK, um, 2018 and 2017, holiday for the UK, those divisions did close. So um, right in the middle of my tenure, and I would say very much a surprise, not a surprise to many that followed the Toys R Us story um, from back when Charles Lazarus started this great company, uh, to being sold to private equity, unfortunately laden with debt, and that debt became the downfall to the company overall. Right, okay. Any misconceptions that you had to work around in Canada with the other closures? Oh, my goodness. So being so close to the United States, I would tell you we had over 300 million media impressions uh, pouring into like a tsunami into our country. And even though we were purchased by Fairfax Financial and Mr. Prem Watsa, the CEO and founder of that company, often referred to as the Warren Buffett of Canada, even with that great lineage behind us, uh, we still dealt with customers right through to this past holiday. One in three Canadians this past November thought that we had closed. Wow. So I would say absolutely tons of misconception. 
And with that, some financial repercussions too, obviously, if they thought you were closed. Absolutely. So very difficult uh, this past year, but I can tell you that we have come out of that. Uh, we're seeing double-digit comps and our customers really understanding that we are, in fact, here to stay and here to play. Yes, and here to play with the Toronto Blue Jays. I just, I, yes. I just saw this the other day, which I think is super cool, that you have joined the Toronto Blue Jays baseball team as their official sponsor in a national three-year deal. Um, what will yes. that look like to your customers? Oh, we're so thrilled and excited to be partnering with the Toronto Blue Jays, truly Canada's team, uh, you know, having one ma major league baseball team here. What our customers and kids and families can expect is that at home games, they're going to be experiencing Toys R Us Canada in a family fun zone on the 200 level. We're going to have unique, interactive family-themed activities. Uh, we're going to be partnering on their outdoor Junior Jays festival days at select games and also regular mascot appearances. I I think you're going to see Jeffrey the giraffe maybe try out his arm uh, right. in, a, in an opening game pitch. So we're just thrilled to be working with them. It's a, a great partnership for us and a family-friendly environment. As everyone knows, the Toronto Blue Jays are rebuilding. Mm -hmm. They're really targeting families. And we're thrilled to be there with Toys R Us and Babies R Us Canada. Great. Now, I love your stores. I've always loved those stores and going in there anytime I have to shop. I prefer to actually do that than be online from personally. But um, what are some of the unique challenges that you face in your role when dealing with online giants like Amazon or eBay or? Yeah, a huge roles because they don't really care about making profit. Right? And right. they are a silent category killer, whether it be the book industry or the CD industry um, or others like toys, a high propensity and high viability to buy online because you know what you want, you click and ship. So really the unique challenge for us is finding a lane and finding a lane that's ownable. Uh, price is not something that's purely ownable when you have the large marts um, and Amazon and the likes going at it head to head. So we've really focused on, instead of being victims, we've focused on being our you know, where can we win? Where's the quadrant? And that for us, for families, is about really partnering with parents, being an authority in the space, and making it an experience to come to our stores. We want to have the Disneyland experience of toy and baby giving. Right. And really, when you come into our stores, that's, that's the secret sauce. Having product out of box, having demonstration tables, having play days. Um, this past weekend, we did a sleep safety event at one of our stores. We had over 300 people show up wow. because they want us to partner in their journey of parenthood. Super. It's overwhelming. And we want to be that trusted authority and that trusted partner to bring their children through infancy up to age 10 and beyond. Now, let me ask you this question. You've been with the company for a long time. Uh, what, what has changed? What's been the biggest change? I'm, I'm assuming technology, but the biggest change in the, in the toys themselves and what kids want between, say, when you started 22 years ago and now? I would say it hasn't been one single thing. It's so funny because things, the innovation changes. So um, I would say 10 years ago was all about tablet assisted, right? Making sure that you had toys that worked with tablets. And the irony is parents said, I want toys that is an escape for my children because I want them to play and use their minds. I want them to develop cognitively and socially. And they didn't want them on a tablet. So those toys actually didn't do very well. We're seeing a resurgence right now in classics, wooden toys, things that um, actually don't have technology in them because parents 
They really want to have experiences and connect with their children. They don't want them to be having more technology. They're trying to get that out of their hands right now. So I would say it's not just a one-size-fits-all, but the innovation right now is about unboxing. The more layers of play you can pack into a little parcel, the better. Kids just really find that um, really exciting. And I would say less technology, better right now. Oh, I love to hear that. I mean, I guess maybe because I'm old school, but I, I really just love to hear that. I often see kids um, with tablets and phones in the grocery store. You know, they kind of just mm-hmm. put them in front of them to distract them. It's the easy them. babysitter. It's the easy That's babysitter. It. We've really taken the angle as a company that play is a right for children of all ages and of all backgrounds, ethnicities, and of all financial means. So we really want to encourage parents and grandgivers to be getting on the floor and playing a board game, right. having that moment of joy. And it's that pure elation you see in a child's face when they come into our store. That's what brings us to work every day. I was actually, um, uh, I've done a fair bit of research on generational differences. And I was reading that the next generation of the nexters are going to are wanting more face to face time. Like not yes. just not on the phone FaceTime, but FaceTime. Exactly. <laughs> yes, it, actual FaceTime. And I think because they've grown up in a generation um, above them, uh, putting technology and, and so much non-human interaction. And so I really think as a strategy, as a company, this idea that play is a right, this idea that we want to be your partners in parenthood. And we all don't have the answers, but together as a tribe, we can get to the end. Uh, and I think that that's, that's a really special place for us to play in the hearts and minds of children and families across Canada. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, I'm going to transition just a little bit to talk more about you, um, but I'm going to go from the kid angle. So when you were a kid, what was your dream job? I'm just curious. I was destined from the age of five, I said I was going to be a lawyer, very proudly. Really? Probably because I had the gift of gab and the ability (laughs) to argue from any angle, as my father would tell me. Oh, Um, I love uh, that. Always, always wanted to be a lawyer, um, studied uh, an honors English degree, wrote my LSATs, and really decided that wasn't something that sang to my heart. It wasn't something that would get me out of bed every day. So went back and did um, a business administration degree at Laurier, and um, that was where I found the magic. I found that magic in advertising and marketing and product and customer behavior, and that excited me. And here we are 22 years later. And there's some real creativity involved with that. Absolutely, there is. Yeah. And when you began your career at Toys R Us, did you envision yourself as president and CEO or did your career kind of morph as you proved yourself along the way? Oh, it definitely morphed. I didn't even know that my job that I first took at the office as an assistant buyer existed. If I went back and talked to my five-year-old self today, I didn't know that that job existed. Or even my myself in university, I didn't realize. I knew there were stores. Uh-huh. But I didn't know about the whole merchandising role behind it or that that could be a career. So I would say it's definitely morphed. And that's something that you need to have your eyes wide open about moving laterally and um, taking new positions in different areas of the company to broaden your tool belt. Yeah, that's great. Now, I, I, I'm just going to ask because I, I've come across a few themes when I interview women, and women leaders as well, maybe less so when it comes to women leaders. But there's a lot of a lot of women seem to struggle with uh, imposter syndrome or not feeling like they're, 
you know, secretly thinking, oh, I'm not good enough to do that job or, you know, that kind of thing. So did you ever have those feelings? And if so, how did you combat those? I never did. I think I was blessed with having so many strong women in my family and Mm -hmm. around me that really supported the notion that you can do anything that you put your mind to. And that started when I was very, very young, having grown up on a farm. That's a difficult way of life. Things aren't handed to you. And you fight and you scrap for everything. And I think having that tenacious uh, Irish background in me really um, brought that forth. And and I think too many women uh, today tear one another down. And that's something that as as women leaders and as women, we need to be supporting one another and really building one another up instead of competing with each other. Oh, amen. Boy, you know, we need t-shirts. All of us need to wear that. (laughs) Isn't it the truth? Oh, my God. It's It's true. It's true. It is. And and people like yourself are setting a really good uh, role model for younger women, which I'm really impressed, really impressed with. And we all need to, you know, I always have this, I always say, Just because like, I don't have children, just because they don't have children doesn't mean that I don't have children. Because I think we're all, you know how they say, uh, it takes a village. It takes a village. Absolutely, it does. And it's up to each one of us to set positive images, positive mentorships for young women and young men, so that the leaders of tomorrow have a great solid foundation and make a better place that we're going to leave a better place in the long run by doing so. I agree. And I always say somebody's watching. I don't, you know, I may not have my own children, but somebody's child is watching my behavior. So, so I'm, I'm huge on that. Yes. Now we talk about family and, and the roots of where you came from and how it's influenced you. And I know that your family is very important to you. How do you balance that work life responsibility? I have tried for almost two decades to figure out the greater than 24-hour day, and I still, (laughs) even though I'm tenacious, I have not figured it out. So my greatest accomplishment, you're right, is being a mom. And to me, my greatest challenge has always been work-life balance. And I would say the best thing is having a partner um, or having a community around you that supports that, whether it's your family, whether it's your neighbors, whether it's a sister um, or a husband or a wife or whomever. It's really important to achieve life balance having an equal partner. And I'm blessed with a husband that is exceptionally, uh, does even more than his fair share always has. And I have a great family around me and network and friends. And, and that's really what's truly important is um, my commitment to my kids and my husband to be home to break bread is something that uh, what people say around the dinner table, how is your day may seem trivial, but being present and in the moment, I coined the split to it. The split day is what I call it as a mom. And you work during your day, you get home to have dinner. And when the babies would go to bed, I'd be back on. And um, that has always worked for me. So I say f- to everyone, I challenge you, figure out what your balance is and, and stick to it. Be militantly committed to yourself as much as you are to your career and your job. Oh, it's perfect. That that is that's powerful. Now, in your career, did you have a mentor throughout your career? I absolutely did. I was so fortunate when I came in uh, 20 years ago, 21 years ago now, and I interviewed for an assistant buyer role in our company, and I was interviewed by the chief merchant at the time. And this woman was a very strong-willed, passionate retail leader with no children. And she asked me the question, where do you see yourself in the future? And I 
you know, proudly said, I want your job and then I want your boss's job. <laughs> and here I am today and she's, I'm so fortunate. She's now retired. Uh, she ran our Asia division as well uh, within the Toys R Us family globally, but I'm so blessed to have her sitting on my board of directors in Canada. So she has been a tremendous mentor as well as others. Um, but Monica in my, in my professional life has really been a soundboard. And, and I would say to all people out there, you need a mentor. It doesn't matter if it's a woman or a man. You need someone that truly shares um, your type of leadership qualities or who you aspire to be as a sounding board. And that needs to be someone outside your company generally that can really give you perspective. Oh, I like that. Outside of your company. Mm-hmm. And I think it's uh, now today, I still have mentors, but I have several. And those, uh, those individuals are outside my company, and they each serve a different function, whether it be about cultural questions I have within my company, or marketing questions, or personal questions about balance. It doesn't have to be a one person fits all. Right. And I think it's important that we look for to others um, and to really round out who we are. And feedback's a gift. That's how you learn. And sometimes those mentors will give you the feedback that you ought to have that sometimes you may not want to hear. Right. Oh, being open to feedback is, honestly, that's the, the, the ticket to growth. It is. Absolutely. I agree with that. Um, now, we all face challenges, especially as leaders. Um, what encourages you and keeps you going when you have major challenges? Oh, I would say I'm very passionate. So I would say um, my passion for what I do and what I love to do. And if you don't love what you do when you get up in the morning, you're doing the wrong thing because life is just too short. So I would say the challenges that I'm faced with, my team, the drive that I have to inspire and bring my team along for the ride, that gets me up in the morning. My spirit, my passion, and my drive to just do better each day. Take a, take a new step and just try to better the day before. I hold myself to the standard and my team do laugh at me. In every meeting, I say, you just need one great idea a day. That's it. Come to work and have one great nugget a day that you're proud of. And if we all did that, we'd have five great things a week. And then those oh. build upon and build upon. So hold yourself to a standard and try not to compromise it when, when the waters become rough. Right. Frito nodded his head when you said, if you don't love what you're doing, you're doing the wrong thing. So you're doing the wrong thing. You got the nod of approval from Frito. So, (laughs) (laughs) and it is so true. All right. Well, a couple more questions. Advice for the next generation of female leaders. What would you oh, say? Oh, my goodness. I know. Well, you know what? I have a young daughter. She's 14, and uh, wow. she has a fiery spirit, <laughs> and she's a beautiful person. And I say to her every day, don't let anyone dull your sparkle. And oh, I, love I think that. I would say that to the leaders of tomorrow as well, and to women particularly, I would say be courageous, be kind to one another, and most importantly, be strong. Because even today, we talk about the glass ceiling, it is still a boys club. Whether mm-hmm. you like to believe it or not, the boys club is in fact a real thing. I, to this day, experience it at least every week. And I would say, don't give in to the fact that women are coined emotional. So those are, uh, I gave you a lot of answers there, but I feel so passionate that it's really important to be kind to one another, especially women to women as leaders. Don't be in competition, be kind. 
but be strong and don't let your strength and your passion be misconstrued as an emotional woman. Right. Excellent. And you know, if we did consistently just consistently support each other, we could we could take over change the world. Change the world. <laughs> we could change the world. Frito's nodding we again. We really could. <laughs> yes, we could. I agree. Well, you are just a wealth of information and a joy to talk to, but I have one last very important question for you, sure. President and CEO of Toys R Us. What's your favorite toy? <laughs> oh, my favorite toy. Well, when I was little, this is the irony, I never owned a Barbie doll, if you can believe it. So really? having grown up in a farm, uh, I, my favorite toy to this day, Tonka truck. Really? It's just good old fashioned steel Tonka truck. And my, my <laughs> sister Amy and I would play for hours. You know, we didn't have a lot of toys as a kid, but I can tell you, I remember that steel truck and it went through trials and tribulations with me. And that was absolutely my favorite, uh, favorite toy. And then alongside my Honda 50cc motorcycle. So <laughs> I, great. you know, those are things again, growing up on a farm, not your traditional, oh. what you'd expect to hear from me, but right to the heart of of my my memories of growing up. Oh, I think that's brilliant. (laughs) You probably just get a little pang every time you walk past the little Tonkas in the store, do you? I do. Well, I see all all of my things loaded in the back, including the rocks that we used to dig out. So uh, (laughs) absolutely, I love that yellow Tonka truck. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, you're doing a great job, and Canada's sure glad that you're still up there. It's a fantastic store. Um, For further information, uh, there's Toys R Us Canada. You can visit toysrus.ca, and you can also follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all of which we will be supplying in the podcast feed or um, when we post the podcast. It'll all be there. Any famous last words you want to share with us, Melanie? I would just say every day, find time to play. Perfect. We're kids at heart. Yeah, we are. We We're are. kids at heart. Absolutely. I might go buy Tonka right now, actually. I think <laughs> hang up. Fantastic. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Okay. We'd love to hear your thoughts or feedback. Or if you're an outstanding woman or know an outstanding woman, reach out at GF. We need to talk at gmail.com. That's GF. We need to talk at gmail.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.